Welcome back to episode 6 of Nintendo Rama. Let's get the show on the road. So Dave, we're back for yet another week. It's episode 6. I never thought we'd make it this far. You didn't? No. Why not? Because, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, was, I was nervous about it, but I'm glad we have. How have you been? I've been well. You know, I've been... Semester is over from college, so I have some time now to dedicate to gaming. Right. It's always fun. Right. That's and, good. Um, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to a month off. Only a month? Yeah, I'm taking a summer semester, so... Oh, okay. Cool, cool. That's good, though. A month off is nice. You know, reset and whatnot. Get back into right. it. Um, I am back from my quote-unquote hiatus it took about like uh it was pretty much a week off i decided to do that i had some irl stuff going on if people saw on twitter i had some people pass so i figured i would take some time off to deal with that but we are back and don't worry about that and we're all good and ready for another podcast and another week of streaming pretty excited about it i'm pretty excited too there's been some good news man um first things first I'm pretty excited. One, two, th- I have three reasons to be excited about this. Game Builder Garage. What did you think, dude? Um, I saw it, and I was surprised. I was like, um, this is basically the, um, <clears throat> sorry, the uh, Labo Garage as a separate entity expanded upon. Without cardboard. Yeah, without the cardboard, <laughs> of course. I, uh, I like it, dude. I mean... I like it. The price point's good. The release date's right on time, right before E3. That's crazy good. Mm -hmm. And I like that this is kind of... I I want to take credit because I wasn't the first to say it, but it's kind of like Nintendo's version of what Sony did with Dreams last year on the PlayStation 4, and I really like that. Um, I agree. It looks cool. looks really cool. Uh, I think it's cool that they'll show people who want to maybe get into or delve into game dev kind of like a uh, like a groundwork to see what it's kind of like, and then for people who maybe are more in depth, you know, you can make more complex stuff, as you saw in the little sizzle reel trailer they had at mm-hmm. the end of it. I like it. I like it a lot. There's some cool stuff here. Um, like I said, releases June 11th. You can create your own games. You can add your controls to it. Uh, looks like you can even make your own assets somehow, like drawing yes. them. I guess. Um, there's Which, like like a. Wait. Control okay, scheme. Oh, I was gonna say there's like a control scheme. I'm looking here. I'm live on Twitch right now, but you can see like the game screen in the box and like interactions you can do. It seems to be more in depth than people realize. I mean, you can even hook up a mouse and, or at least a mouse to the Switch dock, which is nice. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Nintendo's first game that officially supports a mouse. Yeah, I think that might be right as well. And it, and you can make games for up to eight players, and it's under a gig in size. And it's developed and published by Nintendo, so we'll Which definitely have nice. the, the Nintendo charm there. I'm actually kind of surprised that Nintendo allows for custom um, assets. Right. Because usually Nintendo is like really concerned with certain developments that can occur with, with, uh, with custom assets like that. But on the other hand, I think that's the reason why you can't just freely share like Mario Maker, but that it's like, uh, from what I understand, you can only share through a code. I think, yeah, I, I, people are in chat, Kool-Aid Moonwalk's asking if it's going to be overshadowed because it's so close to E3. And while that is a good point, I think because of the price point, it might not be. And I mean, for the community that wants it, uh, like Jaden mentions with the Super Mario Maker community, this is just another stepping stone and you don't have to worry about getting in trouble with assets because you can make your own now and mm-hmm. i think i don't know if the community will be as big as mario maker because what makes mario maker is mario himself right because you know he's the mascot but i think there'll be a decent sized community for this if it was a 60 dollar game i probably would disagree but mm-hmm. i think it's i think 30 dollars is a good price point for this and if they're going to be giving tutorials to you as well as letting you just go free and do whatever you want. I don't see why you uh, won't have a good good size fan f- fandom for this, I guess. Yeah, from what I understand, this is obviously 
but obviously this was this seems to be more likely targeted towards a younger audience like how labo was initially yeah. as well mm-hmm. i mean i i keep bringing back the labo uh because you know it, it's basically the labo garage expanded as i said before and because of that the e3 thing that it's right before e3 i don't think nintendo expected a lot of like gamers to be like hey yes we want this we this is what we want we want to make our own games on nintendo right yeah i, I exactly. think they just assumed a younger audience would pick this up but as you know as i've told you before i am looking to get into game development myself and something like this might be a good stepping point for me as well yeah and i mean i don't know how far in depth it's gonna go like i don't know if you're actually mm, writing code on this or not if you are that's cool if not that's fine too um i think it's definitely a good stepping stone to see if people are even interested in this sort of topic from the screenshots alone it looks pretty clean and you can even make checkpoints and like i said you can um make pretty much any kind of game you want i see a top-down game here i see like a fighting game i see platformer i see a racing game all different types of stuff there so i i think it'll be good i'm not expecting it to sell millions and millions of copies but i think it'll do fine i Um, agree it'll do fine yeah, and then, you know, Nintendo, if anyone, Nintendo is good at at least having one or two games, even at E3 uh, time, drop same day. Like, right. they're like the only company who actually does that. And same with E3, they're usually the only company who stays true to having, like, I'd say maybe 80% of their conference consisting of just this year. You know, not just like, oh, here, it's coming out in 2023. Like, yeah, people want to see that kind of stuff. Like, no, dude, people want to know what's coming out in the next six to eight months. I mean, yeah, it's right. cool to announce stuff like Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I don't want to wait six years for that. I hate when they do that. So, um, I don't know. What kind of games would yeah. you guys like to make on here? Uh, I would like to make a redone Virtua Fighter because I love that game. Mm-hmm. And I think the polygonal assets would be fun to use in this. I don't know. I'm more of a... Uh, I... If something I would make is more of like arcadey, you know, like one screen, move on to the next screen, kind of like the original Donkey Kong, something right. like that. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Darth Stridius says, what about a game maker inside of a game maker? Oh, we're getting into gameception territory, maybe. And it's, yes, I don't know. I don't I'm know. surprised how many game making tools are on <clears throat> Nintendo Switch at this point, because we're getting uh, this, uh, I keep forgetting the name, Game Builder Garage. Getting Game Builder Garage, we already have RPG Maker. Oh, which is phenomenal. I actually got that as a review code. It's so in-depth with what you can do in that game. And then we also have, like, I want to say Visual Basic. Didn't you get something that lets you make stuff? Fuse, yep. Fuse Fuse. 4. That's the one. That's the one I have. That's a programming tool on there. And there's a music music game that lets you basically program music from scratch to make songs. I I can't remember the name of it. And then wow. I don't want to call uh, Mario Maker specifically a game maker, but that's basically what it is. So it's it's starting to add up. It more and more people are really getting into coding or at least some form of game development, and it it shows. I feel it's only natural to be interested in that if you play play games or have played them for so long. You like you kind of want to know what's under the hood and how it works. In my opinion, right. I've never really met someone who. Has played games for long and hasn't even been remotely interested in wondering like how they get done what is shown to them on the screen or how the interactions work. So I can see it being pretty cool. And yes, Arms and Fifty One Games Classic or Classic Games did release pretty close to E three and sold well. So well, well is a I'll put it in air quotes, but I mean they they sold well for games. I don't know if they sold well entirely for Nintendo's quote unquote standards. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I'm not saying, like Darth Stradius mentions, he knows Unity, so I'm not expecting people who know Unity to buy this, but it's definitely a good starting point. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely picking it up on launch. I've already... I'm pretty to the physical. I, okay, so I, I, I've, I've mentioned this before, but this is something I would do in between other games, probably, which makes me prefer a digital version only of this. I so was I of the same mind. Cartridge. I was of the same mind, but I feel like this is one of those games where they're not going to make a lot of physicals of it. So, like, you know, 20 years from now, people are going to be like, what the heck is that game? And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember when Nintendo got into game dev on, like, the Switch. <laughs> you know, there'll be, like, one of those obscure titles. 
Um, one last one last thing I could see Nintendo do with this is add additional content over time, like they did with Mario Maker. Yeah, for sure, they definitely could do that, especially since you can share your games with friends and you can play and download them. Uh, I think that's a really nice idea. So I could see them adding in more stuff, like here's some predefined assets, or here is more tools or filters or whatever you want to do. Right. Um, did you get any new pickups this week? Uh, just the one. It's it's an older game. Um, wasn't it? It, it wasn't sale. No, it currently is on sale, and the sale ends today, which I finally picked up. Um, Rock of Ages three, make and break. Dude, I think I have that game. I'm almost positive I have that game. It was like seven dollars on sale right now, and I was like, eh. yeah. I, I have the second one. I've enjoyed that quite a lot, and once I beat it, I would like to play the third one, and I don't want to wait for another sale to pick it up. The physical edition isn't that expensive either at, I believe, 20 bucks. But, you know, a sale is a sale. Couldn't really let it slide at this point. I don't remember if I have the second or the third, but I have the physical. So that is what it is. Um, I was able to grab Ridden X Makedo Remix, which we spoke about. I got it physically. Yep. Um, I haven't played it yet, but still, soundtrack looks great. And I got my Samurai Jack copy from my parents, finally, from Limited Run Games. Uh, I got my two Evercade carts that I was waiting on. And I got Resident Evil 8. And yeah, pretty fun. I know some of that wasn't Nintendo-related, but I can't not talk about Resident Evil, man. Like, sheesh, dude. I really wish you had a PS5 or a PS4 so we could play Mercenaries, man. That's that's some crazy stuff in that game. I mean, I do have a PS4, but it is collecting massive amounts of dust. We have to finish our Resident Evil 5 playthrough because I need to play we 6 should. with you so we can... Keep going. Um, but anyway, let's get into some news. We have we have a good amount of news. I didn't know if we have that much, but we have a good amount. Yeah, it, uh, it, it picked up the last couple of days all of a sudden. Starting with Metroid Prime Trilogy, which yes. people... Man, this is a hot topic. Like, nonstop, because it's, you know... We've been talking about Metroid since the Switch... Since before the Switch was even a thing, I guess, at this point, right? People wanted it mm-hmm. on the Wii U. Um, people uh, keep thinking maybe we'll see it at E3, yada yada, but this article comes from Nintendo Life saying uh, a former Retro Studios dev says that the Switch port for the trilogy is unlikely, which is really kind of sad to hear. I really want this to be a thing, and basically the main quote is that um, they don't have they have no longer the functional editor tools to work with the prime code base so everything has to be a brute force hard code and rebuilding the interaction sets just in the third game alone not to mention retuning the game um in the slower engagement pacing of conventional controls i guess that means uh, buttons and analog sticks as opposed to motion mm-hmm. would probably take four to five person team about a year full time which i mean isn't a long time but it is a long time so I guess, you know, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. I see where they're coming from, especially with Metroid Prime 3. Like, motion controls were kind of integrated in that game. And where in Mario Galaxy, you could just, you know, oh, do the attack, find that to a button, and then right analog stick, or even, like, just motion controls for, like, the cursor, you know. This might be a little bit harder to implement. Well, this former dev says that Converting the controls to normal controls from motion controls would be a Herculean effort, which is not 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 good times. Okay, that's not good times. And you know, people aren't going to be happy if you just give them the first one, right? Because the trilogy's on GameCube and Wii, so yeah, that's that's unfortunate. No, the hear. trilogy is not on GameCube. Trilogy is on Wii and Wii U. Oh, that's what it is. Sorry, Wii and Wii U. A GameCube only had um, what the first. The game GameCube had the first yeah. one and maybe the second one. Uh, yes, the, the 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 GameCube had one and two, and the third one was a Wii exclusive at that point because it had the motion controls. Right, that's what it is. Okay, so yeah, there you go. It's so my point is though, they've been across a few consoles, so it would be sad yeah. to see it not on this one. Although, I would just settle for a two D port of a game or a remake or a new Metroid at this point, even if they don't do the trilogy because. I'm in a Metroid drought, and it's sad that I only have Super Super Metroid on my Switch. And I I, I don't know what to say about that. Eh, It's not as if the Switch doesn't have enough Metroidvanias as it is. Yeah, but it doesn't have Metroid, the game. (laughs) 
the game that the I, I, genre is named after. I mean, there's more Castlevania games on the Switch than there are Metroid games, and I never thought that I would <laughs> say that, considering Konami. Right. You know, I don't know. It's just as but, disappointing as the next news that we have here. The Baldur's Gate news? Dude, I was, I was literally, I literally jumped out of my seat. I mean, I was on my little social media, what do you call it, disconnect, but I saw some of you share mm-hmm. it in my Discord. I love this series. It's one of my favorite ARPGs. It's part of the reason why I like um, Dungeon Crawler so much. And the fact that I was like, yes, I get to play it on Friday. It's going to be awesome. And then they're like, actually, JK, we have to delay the launch for a few days on the Switch, but it's out on Xbox and PlayStation. Right. Dude, it looks it looks exactly as it is. They didn't have to do too much to it. Yeah, it's a little up and scaled, sure, but like... I'm glad they didn't change it too much. I mean, they could have probably lowered the price, $30, but I mean, for the most part, I want this game on the Switch. I can love it in handheld mode. It would be so much fun. I've, I've, it's not out. I don't think I've played the original Dark Alliance when it came out, but it looks really fun. Even the sequel was good, and that, never, that usually doesn't always happen. Um, even the sequel was good, and it has two-player local co-op. Not that I'm going to implement that, but it's, it's fun to see that they were able to even put this on the Switch I don't know exactly what happened. They said it was a problem with... Uh, let me see the quote here. The eShop, from what I understand. Yeah, the eShop. This is from Black Isle Studio. Um, so I'm assuming by the end of the month we'll have it. It is what it probably. is, I guess, right? I yeah, know. probably. Yeah, it's it's just an unfortunate situation. Because I'm, I'm, I'm honestly convinced that they were trying to get it on there. And yeah. then as they push the button to publish, the eShop was like, hey, problem, stop. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the eShop's not great at, like, well, unless it's Nintendo or, like, a major first-party, like, um, next-day release. So, I don't know. I, I, I hope we see it before Miitopia because I want to play it before that comes out. That's really what I want. Oh, actually, I want to see it before Shimagame because when Shimagame comes out, that's a wrap for a while. Because that's a I've hard game. I've heard Shimigami is fun. It is, but it's hard. And, you know, first-person dungeon crawlers themselves are challenging, so... Right. Speaking of challenges, Nintendo hasn't had any. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see these numbers, dude? They were crazy. Oh my god, Nintendo is printing money and selling it to people. It's insane. They... Basically... They're doing really well with their fiscal year. Right. And we'll get into that in a little article, but from this investor's call, they had um, a Q, an OLED, sorry, I almost said QLED. That would be crazy. An OLED display was confirmed for the Switch Pro, which is interesting to see. The, um, yes. The Universal Display Corp mentioned in the reports around Nintendo choosing an OLED for their Switch Pro and Q1 investors calls. Uh, Spawnwave pointed this out on his Twitter from Steven Abramson, who's the President, Chief Executive Officer, and Director. I'm not surprised, honestly. I'm not. Everyone was like, these rumors were here for so long, dude. About the OLED. Like, I figured it was going to happen. Right. But at the same time... I'm still of the mantra, not from Nintendo, not true kind of a thing, like people are commenting. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say at this point. I mean, so many outlets have spoken about a Switch Pro coming at some point. So I, I, I honestly, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like one of the worst kept secrets at this point when it, come, when it gets announced. And everybody will be like, oh, see, we're right all along. But on the other hand, if it doesn't get announced, everybody will be like, well, that's unfortunate because it was rumored for so long. Oh, yeah. and they will bl- then they will blame Nintendo for the rumors, even though Nintendo had no hand in the rumors themselves. Dude, it's... Even the Nintendo Life article says not if, but when at this point. So, yeah. Right. It's going to be crazy. But at the same if, time... When. At the same time... So... If, if this proves true, right, it's going to be at E3, sure, right? Just go with, if you go with that. If it's not going to be at E3 this year, why would it be at E3 next year at this point? Because Switch is four years old. That's halfway through the life cycle, approximately. Would be a great time for an upgrade for right. people who want the upgrade. And then people who still want the regular Switch can still get the regular Switch. Maybe at a, after four years, I feel it is time to put the original Switch price down a titch anyway. Yeah, and like, 
I mean, this is also a precarious situation because now that it's been confirmed, quote unquote, yet again by another person who seems to be working with Switch on this, um, Nintendo has to kind of over deliver because people are expecting this. So, like, it has to have more than just an OLED, you know? Right. And well, it's not going to be enough to just have an OLED. That's another thing with the rumors, though. That's that that's a problem because the rumors vary from oh, just a graphical update or you know a slight graphical update. Yeah. Anywhere from that to hey, it can run PlayStation Four games without a problem. And if Nintendo, you know, I feel like Nintendo is at a poor spot here with that because if they do not deliver between above that, people will always be disappointed. Well, that's the and, other thing. Like this kind of goes against the rumor saying, that the Pro was a console only or not console only what do you call it dock dock only system because if it has an oled it's obviously still both so then is it also going to have this crazy dock that makes it even better like i hope so dock that can upscale to like whatever 1440 i'll take that maybe 1080 consistently 60 frames sure i don't know but my point is like it kind of destroys that rumor if this ends up being true which is fine i didn't necessarily want it to be that because i already have a playstation and xbox you know i want this still to be the hybrid system Um, that's what makes the switch a switch for me if if this becomes a console only that takes out half of the fun for me because you know i play the switch because it's the switch not because it's the playstation 4 if i want playstation 4 i can play it on that right and i mean you know this it still makes it makes sense to keep to Keep this, maybe have your original launch model. Make they're gonna they should probably do a price cut if the pro comes out, and then keep the light as the handheld only because that still works and you still have control of the handheld market. Um, I think they should you know keep doing that as opposed to not changing the launch model um, price at all. Like, what they could do, for example, is keep the light at 199 and then do the regular for 250. And then have the Pro for three fifty. You know, so it's not like a four hundred dollar model. But if it's, it's a four hundred dollar like... model, it's gotta have a lot of stuff. Right. I that's, mean OLED that's is what awesome. I mean. That's what I mean. That is why they have to reduce the price of the regular switch because I fear I fear that Nintendo cannot justify a four hundred dollar price tag if it doesn't have enough upgrades. Yeah, dude, like if this thing I mean OLED's awesome, don't get me wrong, like the OLED Vita is amazing. That looks crazy, even today. But, like, if it has only 32 gigs of storage still, I'm going to freak out. Like, it's got to have <laughs> at least 64. I'd really want it to have 128, but if it has at least 64, yeah, I'm there. If those are the only two things, I'd, I'm, I mean, I'm going to buy it regardless. Like, what am I saying? But you, you get my point. Like, it needs to have more than just an OLED screen. I'm, over, I'm already preparing for a purchase of a Switch Pro. <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll be able to play Port Royale 4, which is apparently confirmed to be coming to the Switch with touchscreen support. I've never even played this series. I've played... I think i played 3. This and is coming uh, out uh, May 28th, it says. Yeah, it was, uh, it was announced a while ago, and then it had no release date, no nothing. And then all of a sudden, I want to say yesterday, they were like, oh yeah, it's coming out this month. I mean... Even it's been this morning. I mean... It's not bad. Like, I feel like these kind of games are cool. Um, I think it's based on what this little excerpt here says. It's a trade sim experience, and right. you, it takes place in the 17th century. I'm assuming there's some kind of like pirates stuff involved as well, and yes. you grab territories and stuff. It seems pretty cool. It seems it kind of seems just like civilization, but in the sea. <laughs> yeah, you can compare it to that a little bit. I just like. You know, I like the setting, you know, the, the ships, the 1700s, the trading, all that good stuff. Yeah. One of the, one of the reasons I liked uh, Sid Meier's Pirates so much, and that one needs a sequel by now. I mean, it does look nice. I mean, this is an Xbox trailer, but it does look nice so far, to be honest. Yes. I mean, you even have the trade wins, which is cool. Um, it, uh, it, it, it's been one of the titles I've been looking forward to for a long time for Switch. Yeah, along with this I, next one, which is insane. If this happens, <laughs> did you did you did you put this on here? I think that Bandai Namco registered the trademarks for 
Button Kaitos? Yeah, dude. I was freaking out. Like, since GameCube, I... like, man, this is crazy. The Switch is reviving stuff that hasn't been around for over 16 new years. What? I have not played a Button Kaitos game, unfortunately. But I knew, I know that a lot of people speak highly of these games. Yeah, so... dude, this is like. It's so good. It's kind of like, um. Basically, it's um, it's a it's a JRPG epic. It's kind of like what Xenoblade was before Xenoblade was a thing. Um, they even say Monolith Soft was working was developing the before they were doing this. They were working on fighting Kaitos with uh, Tri Crescendo, and mm -hmm. it's cool. I mean, this game hasn't been around since 0405, and then Origins, which was this sequel, uh, was in 06, and then that's it. And there was a rumored DS project that never happened. All right. Yeah, either a collection, uh, could be anything at this point. A sequel, a collection, a separate remasters. I, yeah. I think no matter what it is, people will be really excited about Button Kaitos coming out. And like this, filing a copyright this close to E3 just smells of an announcement. Dude, the Switch is reviving crazy games. I, I, I can't even believe this. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't know, man. For example, I did not expect um, Pencil Dragoon. That's the one, right? That came yes, back? Yes, dude. I didn't expect that either. I did not. That was cool to see that, to be honest with you. Um, why don't you take this next one? Because I don't know much about the series. <laughs> so I've, I've played a couple of games in the uh, Professor Layton series. And apparently, Level 5 has announced that Layton's Mystery Journey gets a plus version for Nintendo Switch. Um, it's, it's slightly enhanced, according to this article, allowing players to swap the ori game's original voice actors with the TV anime latent mystery detective agency Catrice Puzzle Solving Files voice actors. Gotcha, um, so this is DLC for the same game. Um, it's um, both. You can buy it as DLC if you already have the game. You can buy it as an upgrade. But if you don't have the game, you can just purchase the entire thing with this uh, option included. The unfortunate thing is about this, um, this version has only been confirmed for Japan right now because in October of last year, there was a report that Level 5 had no plans for any games outside of Japan. Yeah, dude, so. I saw that report last year and I was so upset because I really like Level 5's com uh, as a company. I think they make awesome games. I never played the Professor Layton series, but I've heard great things. Um, I I have to say I think my favorite one had to be uh, Layton versus Wright. Yeah, I heard that was a good one. You know, two fan favorites colliding. Um, they made Snack World, which was fun. That was the last title they did. Um, they did the Yokai series, and the Yokai is pretty cool. Um, it's a different take on Pokemon. Um, and you know, we still don't have those on the Switch and NA. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, sad it's, to un see it's that. unfortunate if they really don't release anything outside of Japan anymore. But like it is what it maybe, is, man. Maybe 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 Nintendo should pick up the publishing rights or something so they can publish the games outside of Japan. Nintendo should pick up a lot of things. Like we've been saying that. I yeah. need Nintendo to do that on. Certain... And I know I didn't. I know I didn't put that on here, but I saw an article that said that Nintendo has claimed that they only purchase. Uh, properties and companies when they are ready. Otherwise, it's like, you know, well, be honest, what did Nintendo purchase before? Um, what was the developer of Luigi's Mansion 3 again? Oh, oh man. Uh, I can't think of it. I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 Nintendo isn't much about investing in third party as it is in investing in their own stuff. It's it's interesting. I mean, I think that makes sense, though. Um, by the way, I think it was Next Level Games. That sounds um, right. Yeah. And Nintendo had a quote-unquote spectacular year. <laughs> yes. And they may have big plans, monster profits, big R&D spend, and broader moves into entertainment. This comes from Nintendo Life. Yes. Um... Uh, yeah, on Twitter, it said that Nintendo continues to invest heavily into R&D. In the last fiscal year, they spent approximately $880 million 
on R&D. That's more than any prior year. So that Switch Pro better be good with that kind of money. Dude, that is <laughs> insane to me. Insane to me. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, what? That's a 10.8% increase over the previous year, which means they've already been killing the R&D department and said, now nah, let's right. bump it up again. Um, Although, that's cool. It's funny that it's only 5.3% of total revenue, and that, but that is a lower percentage because the income was so high this, this fiscal right. year. Yeah. And, the, I mean, even if it's just, um, like, even if not, I don't, I don't think this is all for the Switch Pro, though, because Nintendo kind of does R&D on systems years before they come out. Like, they were developing the oh, Wii. Yeah. I think they were said they were developing the Wii while the GameCube was still, like, one or two, year one or year two. They started development on the Wii, like, way early, is my point. I don't know I mean, the exact timing. I was watching a bunch of stuff on it. So I can see they're already developing whatever the next Switch thing is that isn't the Pro, whatever they call it. I can see them doing that. I mean, to be honest, I think... If I'm if I'm not mistaken, the motion sensor controls like the Wii modes were originally intended for the GameCube, so they right. had that already planned out years and years in advance. Yeah. and you know you wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. I don't think. I think the Switch Pro is closer than we think, so you wouldn't spend 880 on R and D if the Switch Pro was not coming out in like a year or two. In my mm -hmm. opinion, like you know, it takes a while. So I think. This is probably a combination of the two. Yeah, the Nintendo has already said that the, that their next console that you know they're working on it and they're trying to innovate and you know with how much that they already managed to cram into a Switch with like you know um, we better be, better than Wii U graphics in there um, motion controls uh, HD rumble. You know, IR camera. A lot of those features aren't used much, but they are in there. So if Dude. they're trying to innovate even more than that, I mean, you can just imagine what the next system is going to be. Yeah, and I mean, hate all you want, but one two switches, motion control slash like uh, HD rumble and how it felt, and like that game where you can like count how many marbles were in your like. Dude, it literally felt like they were rolling around in there. Like that mm -hmm. was crazy. I feel like and, they're right yeah, up there in terms of hardware controller-wise, I think, with the DualShock right now. I mean, mm -hmm. the DualShock's adaptive triggers, I can't discount, dis, um, discount them on that one. It is amazing. I have the PS5, the, the controller's hot. But, but Nintendo, man, man yeah, Nintendo innovates, dude. I think it's going to be crazy, the next system. I really do. I mean, I mean, Nintendo might put adaptive triggers in the next system. But on the other hand, ever since we Nintendo, re I kind of want to say Nintendo never really had analog inputs like that, except on GameCube. But it still had like a digital Z button, and after yeah. that, those analog inputs disappeared. So Nintendo needs to invest more in their networking. Is what they do have to do. They should oh invest gosh, more in their yes. networking so they can have a better online. Like they should just put all of their R and D into that, and then they would catch yeah. up to PlayStation and Xbox. That 880 million might barely be enough to fix it, maybe. Yeah, they should just say, like, oh, we'll make parties a thing for the next system and throw in, um, you know, messaging. Mm -hmm. We'll still give you friend codes, but you can message each other. I would take it. Um, right. Don't need an external app like the phone app to do that. Yeah, dude. Uh, they're also talking about the Mario movie and how there may be more than just that coming, which is very cool. And, you know, right. seeing different animation. I feel like the Mario movie could be really cool because... They have, um, who's that studio? Illumination, I think, behind it? Illumination, yep. From Despicable Me, so that's cool. I think, I think uh, they, they, oh, they hired somebody from Illumination as a outside director? Yeah. Um, I saw that, yeah. Uh, what was his name? Mr. Melodandry. Mal I don't know how to say it. Yeah, sure. Melodandry. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Chris, Chris Melodandry. There we go. <laughs> There you go. So, yeah, they did that. And, I mean, stepping back for a sec, like, even in this picture on the article, you see Mario Kart Live. And, sure, it's a little expensive at $100, but that's an RC car with a full AR camera inside of it that plays on your Switch that you control with your Switch for $100. Mm -hmm. It's actually really cool how it's even done, to be honest with you. And, 
the more charge it has, the faster it goes, if it, and the higher the CC you can do, and so forth, which is actually right. a pretty fun feature. I really like the AR technology in there that you don't see the cart when you're driving, you just see Mario driving, you see him interact with stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. I think they should keep going with that round a little bit and see what else they can come up with. And mm-hmm. even and we spoke about this a few weeks ago, but their evergreen titles are performing better than new releases, which is not really a surprise. I mean, you know, right? it's hard to not expect Zelda and Mario to be juggernauts. Animal Crossing, amazing evergreen title. <laughs> Mario Kart, I, uh... amazing evergreen title. I, I was I was browsing Twitter the other day and there's this uh, there's this Twitter user called Poorly Aged Things. Yeah. And one uh, one thing on there was like, oh, Mario Kart Eight might be the worst performing Mario Kart ever, according to analysts. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> uh, Talk about poorly boy. aged things. And from these sales numbers, two hundred and thirty point eighty eight million units. 36.8% increase on the previous year. And that's for game sales for the Switch. That's nice. a lot of games. <laughs> Ring Fit Adventure did well too, you know, because a lot of people were stuck inside, so that's cool. Um, I mean, yeah. Same with Clubhouse Wait, Games. So 3 million for Clubhouse Games is not bad. Not bad. Once again, that also came out at a relatively fortunate time. Yeah, and... What else was there? 1.5 million copies of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. That's really good for a JRPG, to be honest. And especially a niche JRPG. It's not just like, you know... Um, I wouldn't say it's a household name, you know. Uh, I mm. think that did well. Mario Kart Live Circuit did 1.27 mil. And that's a, that's the game is $100, so that's even better. Right. And even Hyrule Warriors, which is a Warriors game, which you usually don't do well uh, for Musu series of games, did 3.7 mil. Sure, it has the, the Zelda game in town. Yeah, best selling. Sure, sure, it has the Zelda name attached, but still, that's good for the genre. Right. Same with Smash, uh, best selling fighting game in NA, I think, and which is awesome because I think it, if you know, it passed Street Fighter, which I never thought was going to happen. <laughs> it's not. It's not even funny anymore how good Nintendo is doing at this point. Dude, it's not. It's really scary. I really, I'm really not excited for the fall because it, it's <laughs> inevitable. Um. It really is, but while we're I mean, on this, we, see, we saw what happened after we. Yes, and I was there for it, <laughs> and I will be there again. <laughs> um, while we're on that, Nintendo's looking maybe into doing something with Netflix. Um, Netflix's Castlevania discusses the potential for a Zelda anime, which would be cool to see. Didn't I mention that last week? Yeah, we did speak about that. I told you, man, this is like not just a made-up thing. That would be cool, man. I don't I, know I how would it would be it. to see Link with voice acting, but you know, I, maybe I, I he would, would be. I would it more than once. <laughs> that's it's cool. It, that's that'd be interesting to see, like animation-wise, how that would go. In my opinion. It's actually it's actually funny. I uh, somebody somebody on a Discord posted a comic the other day that, about Link never talking, and it brought up the discussion that Link does talk in game, but we just never hear it. And then I went back all the way to um, Wind Waker. Right. Because um, in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, Link can respond, but it's like always these basic responses like yes or no or just three little dots, you know. Ever since Wind Waker, however, Link has become very sassy in his replies when you can reply. Very sassy. Like, um, I don't know. There's In Breath of the Wild, there's an NPC, and they are like, oh... Do you know the hero who supposedly fought against Ganon? And one of the replies Link can give is, I am he. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I do like that they're like uh, developing that more as it goes, which is nice to see. I, I also like that they're considering doing something like that. And if it comes mm-hmm. true, that's, that's awesome, in my opinion. What do you think about um, Hitman 3? I mean, I still haven't played a cloud version. You neither know, neither only, have I, to be honest. The only cloud games I've played so far were on Stadia, which ran remarkably well on my internet, so I'm assuming this would run well as, as well. But right. uh, a 60-frames-per-second performance mode on Switch... Yeah, <sighs> that's why I put it's, this it's, article in here. 
it's like 720 uh, 720p at 60 at 60 frames per second or 1080p at 30 frames per second and it's it's of course the 60 frames per second is good but how much more is it gonna tax your internet you know yeah right it's just kind of like nice to see i guess that the switch has this is why i kind of put it in and they added the um precision fire which is cool um basically helps with steady aiming and yeah i mean the game's good i have it on xbox so it is nice to see that it's on the switch and you can play it uh even though it is cloud i'm still waiting for you know other games to come to switch that are cloud you know fantasy star i'm looking at you i'm still hoping for that resident evil 7 port that japan did get but we did not they also have dragon quest 10's mmo so you know Mm -hmm. and like I said, Fantasy Star, which would be amazing to play handheld. Right. So, I don't know. And if you're still in the fence about uh, Hitman 60 frames per second at 720p, they did add a 10-minute trial for Switch players. Yes, the Dubai So you demo. can try. Yep, you can try the performance mode in the opening level of the game Dubai. I don't, I don't think it's timed as far as you only... I mean, it's timed like you have 10 minutes, but I don't think the demo... I think you can just keep restarting the demo, is my point. Yeah, play often enough. Maybe you can beat the level in 10 minutes. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And then the final thing before we move on to new releases coming out, Nintendo acknowledged this blue switch, purple switch argument with the comparison, which is actually hilarious that they did that. It is hilarious. And the only thing that bothers me about this entire um, thing, this entire uh, video, comparison video, they did not compare it to a GameCube, which I saw a lot of people compare it to. They should have done it, dude. They should have. But they compared it to Luigi's Amiibo or Waluigi's Amiibo and... Mm-hmm. It's definitely blue. It's definitely blue and I'm upset. But I like the color. It's nice. <laughs> it's okay. It's nice to have another color. Um, maybe I mean, we, maybe we'll like get a, a red one next, like an official red one because... It's not like I'm going to collect them all anyway. I don't even <laughs> have nice one. For, it's nice for people who want one. I have the gray switch light and... Then do you really? Gray. I do. I'm jealous. Dude, the buttons feel different on it. They do. I, I have to say that buttons on the Switch Lite feel a little bit more comfortable than on the... Um, That's what I'm saying. Joy-Con. They feel like closer to the Pro Controller buttons. Like, little, yes. they're more squishy, I guess, for and lack of a better term. I think the layout is slightly different because, you know, left button, uh, left controller, right controller do not need to be identical because you want to just take them off and hand one to each player. The layout is slightly different, which makes it less crammed in my hands when i'm playing on a light yeah it looks nice i've played on them i just don't own one but you know it is okay maybe one day maybe it's okay if i don't have one i honestly i almost purchased a second light (laughs) does your wife use it or is it just you oh it's my wife she uses it currently she she plays mostly slate aspire on it okay all right um this week we have some cool games i know you're excited about one of them, which I already have. So I'm just going to start with that. Subnautica. Pretty yes. exciting. And I'm apparently it's on a pre-order that. sale. You can get it for $3 off. Which is cool. I uh, purchased a physical edition, honestly. So. That one comes with Below Zero. Um, it does. I was go- I, see, I had a pre-order, and then I realized I owned it. And I'm like, I have been buying too many games to buy something twice. <laughs> Especially since I haven't even played it on my Xbox yet. I can't buy this again. So I'm buying... I'm very excited for Subnautica because I'm looking for a good, like, survival game where you can build your own bases, stuff like that, you know? And jump scares. <laughs> and jump scares. And Hello Games is not providing me a No Man's Sky on Switch, so this will do. This looks amazing, in my opinion, so this will do. Now, watch me buy this game, play it, and then at E3, Hello Games is like, hey, No Man's Sky is coming to Switch, and I'll be like, nah. <laughs> I can't wait for you to stream this game and watch. It's going to be amazing because the jump scares are pretty good. I love a good jump scare. Yeah. Um, it looks cool. There's a lot of interesting dynamics. And I've watched gameplay of it on Switch, and it does look nice. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, 4K nice. It's not. Yeah, right. But it's better than I thought. Like, the water doesn't look terrible. It looks really good. And, you know, it's not fuzzy, which I was worried about. It, it looks good. It looks like a good port. Uh, it looks like good it. on console. I don't know about handheld. I've not seen gameplay in handheld mode. Yeah. I hope this won't be a Jurassic Park situation where a console looks really great and 
as soon as you play in handheld mode, it's like, what am I even looking at here? I don't know if I'd want to play this game handheld, to be honest. But I see your point. I see your point. What I do want to play is Famicom Detective Club. Which one? The girl who stands behind or the missing heir? See, I don't know if they are... I think one is a sequel of the other. I think it's a sequel in the form of a prequel, if I'm not mistaken. Unless I misheard what they said. They, I think they said prequel at some point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I mean, I don't remember. Um, and if you buy both games, because, I mean, they're a little pricey. They're $34.99 each. If you buy both, you save $10 digitally, which is cool. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been a physical confirmed for NA yet, just for Japan. And I'm really annoyed about that, because I would love to have <laughs> this physically. And, yeah, no, it looks cool. It's basically... And this is the first time it's in NA. It's been in Japan mm -hmm. before. It's kind of like a, from what I understand, Phoenix Wright-esque game. Um, yep. So I need to play it for sure. As far as when, I might hold off to see if they do a physical. I don't know. I'm not like I'm, itching to play I'm, games right now. I have tons of stuff in the backlog. I said both of these games individually are bigger than the uh, Nintendo Game Garage. Yeah, that's true. And you know what has me stupidly excited about these games? What? You can switch to the original 8-bit soundtrack if you prefer. And new voice acting in Japanese. I mean, yeah, but come on, 8-bit soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, no, that is nice that they did that. But it's cool that these are finally localized. These, I, It's been a while since they've even came out, and so... All of these games that we just mentioned are all coming out this Friday, so yeah, the yeah, last it's one being be Friday. The last one being Rise Eterna. I just threw this in here because it looked like a cool um, strategy RPG, kind of like like an older Fire Emblem almost, you know, grid based. Mm -hmm. And I liked the art style for the combat, so I actually added this to my wish list. Nice. I don't know, sixteen-bit um, era Japanese strategy game. That's kind of like it does look good. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Fire Emblem from the looks of it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it looks like Fire Emblem. You move across different areas, you fight, you have the grid-based system. Like when you actually get into combat and you face off against each other, that's like so reminiscent of Fire Emblem with your health bar and your hit and stuff. Um, and you build up like 14 characters and you fight. Mm, looks pretty cool. This release is May 13th. Do you by chance have a Nintendo Switch on you right now? Uh, not on. I mean, it's next to me. It's not on. Uh, there was one more game that I honestly forgot to add to the list. Ah, here it is. It's called Death Crown. It's coming out Thursday, the 13th. And it, it markets itself as a one-bit style game. What does that and mean? It, uh, Death Crown is a minimalist, real-time strategy game in a one-bit style. You will be playing Death herself, commanding her legions, and punishing humanity's kingdoms for its overconfidence. Oh, I'm looking at oh, it now. It's what a real time the heck? It's a real-time strategy game. I saw it, and it looked really interesting. I... I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know about this one. <laughs> it looks, looks okay. I don't know if I, I like play the art it. style. It, it reminds me of this old, like, really old, like, um, Buddha disc games, like, before DOS even. Right, yeah, that's true. I can definitely see you saying that. I mean, we're also getting Calculator on May 12th. That's pretty hot. Yes, calculator. Whoop de doo. <laughs> I don't understand why this is even happening. Like, why is this happening? Because this... from from what I okay. If this is not I'm... free. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? I'm kinda disappointed. I'm kinda disappointed. So I have seen a lot, a lot of garbage yeah. on Switch. Like just regular apps like Santa Tracker, like, oh, hey, Santa's gonna oh, be here. Oh, man, I remember seeing <laughs> This many days. And then a friend of a friend of mine is developing a game, and they asked for a dev kit or license to publish on Switch, and they were denied. And that was an actual game that they were developing. Hmm. That's weird, dude. That's weird. So that... It, you know, kind of disappointed. Um, yeah. If you're really interested, there's also, I don't know if it's coming out this week, but Taxi Simulator, you know, if Crazy Taxi is a little bit too out there for you. 
Taxi Driver, yeah. Taxi Driver the Simulation. We also got SnowRunner, which is another simulator game, but you drive trucks across the snow. Mustn't that one coming out next week? Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at what's ahead. We also have Miitopia, Shimigami Tensei, which we mentioned, and uh, Maneater. Maneater looks alright, actually. Oh, and that Fishing Fighters game, dude, I gotta get that. And Knockout City is coming out soon. Oh, yeah, the free one? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dude, I gotta get this Fishing Fighters game. Like, I need this game. If it has online multiplayer, I might fish against you. I feel like they showed this during an indie direct or something. <laughs> you can fish up with eight, up to eight players. I don't know if it's local or online or both, but I think it'll be pretty fun. And I wonder if I can use the fishing rod I bought to play this. That would be great. Dude, it <laughs> the uh, Nintendo Labo fishing rod, you know. There you go. Port Royale as well, which we mentioned. And then, yep. I mean, as far as those, those are like stuff that stands out to me. And then basically Ninja Gaiden and Game Builder, and then we're into E3. I cannot wait for E3. Are you going to cover it live? I will try. It really depends on the day that's on. Same. And then, you know, after that, we still have games coming out in June that are announced, like Legend of Mana. Mario, uh, Golf. Mario Golf, Cotton Reboot, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Destroy All Humans, mm -hmm. Monster Hunter, and Skyward Sword, and No More Heroes 3. All confirmed. It's, it's going to be a busy couple of months. Also have Discaea 6, Yeast 9, Monster Mox, and the Pokemon games. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even hit E3 yet. Can you imagine what's all coming out of E3? No, I'm nervous. Every time I see E3, I have to make this another, a separate Excel, just so I can... Oh, and Di Diablo 2 Resurrected. How could I forget? Oh boy, Diablo 2, yes. Oh my gosh. And Rune Factory 5, if it stays in this release year. Oh, and, and, and uh, House of the Dead. Oh my god. At some point, I think August, they're also releasing uh, King's Bounty 2. Yes, King's Bounty 2, which uh, has been waiting to be released for like a year now. Chris Tales, that was the other one. That was the it's other one too I much. Yeah, it's great. Oh, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. <laughs> we gotta stop. <laughs> yes, we do. We're, it's too much. We're done. We're it's done. too much. Oh, and, Ax and Axiom both. Verge 2. Okay, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done. Are I'm you done. for real? Yeah. <laughs> That was it for this episode. I'm thinking we're heading out here. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Nintendo Rama. Hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure to listen. And as always, we just appreciate the support. Thank you very much for listening. Several new games to look forward to this week. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, man. E3. It's getting there. It's getting there. Glad in there a couple more weeks. Can't <laughs> See, wait. Can't see, wait. <laughs> see you guys next week. Have a great week. <laughs>